This is the True North Collective podcast, a gathering of unsugarcoated conversations on authenticity, created by the real-life documentation of everyday humans fearlessly finding their true north. Welcome to season four of the podcast. Hi, I'm Rachel. One of my nicknames in high school was Crotchel. Sometimes I get mistaken as a boy and I don't mind. And I've been practicing Tonglin meditation lately. Hi, my name is Kenzie. I eat eggs every single morning for breakfast. I am training for my first marathon, and I have a mad crush on Kevin James from King of Queens. Hi, I'm Janelle. If I get to come back in another life, I want to be a tree. I'm a proud new owner of a backpacking backpack, and according to a medium in Sedona, my aura is yellow. And we are your hosts of the True North Collective podcast. Okay, where did the Kevin James crush come from? Honestly, I'm just known for like loving the weirdest TV shows. Not weird. I guess I grew up watching Friends and um, King of Queens and Seinfeld and all of that. So King of Queens, I just think he's like the cutest, goofiest, weirdest human being. I've probably seen Paul Blart Mall Cop like a hundred times. I think he's in now. Um, I don't know. Just, I love him. Oh, I love that. I always think I have weird crushes, but I, I don't know. I love that. I just think it's so cool to like see who people are into and where they're drawn and yeah, I love it. And that's a funny ass show. I love King of Queens. I've I haven't watched it for a long time. <laughs> no, it's good. I was like, can I Google? I'm so bad with actors and actresses. I'm like, who is that? <laughs> I'll, I'll Google it later, but he's not, he's not the cop cop from mole cop is he that's who it is yeah okay then i do know i i think i probably love him because he probably reminds me of like a male version of me in a lot of ways (laughs) that's probably why it's that i can relate on a lot of levels maybe that's probably the better relation of why he is an he has an endearing energy to him yeah yeah and he he loves food and that's so (laughs) me i feel the love I feel it right here. I'm blushing. <laughs> That's awesome. That's Rachel, funny. what is this meditation you speak of? Oh, it's a Buddhist style meditation where you, it's transforming suffering into compassion. So you would breathe in pain and suffering um, on your inhale and then exhale compassion, love, whatever. Um, and so it's a way of almost using yourself as a transformative vehicle. Um, so whether it's an individual that's going through pain, you can do it for individuals. You can do it for yourself. You can do it for the collective. Um, and I've just found during this time when I'm feeling really overwhelmed with, um, emotions that are heavy, that being able to channel it in that way and like do something with it. And then it gets me to breathe too, um, has been super helpful. So yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I was sharing that, like having one of those days where I'm like, I just feel like I can't do anything well. So maybe I need to, I'm like, please tell me about this meditation because. Yeah. I've heard it's like, well, when I went through my meditation teacher training, it was like considered one of the more advanced forms just because you usually, I don't know, it's not super easy to like sit and breathe in painful suffering, but I find, well, as somebody who (laughs) I kind of embrace 
the depth of humanity, I go there anyways. And um, so I feel like I'm breathing it in anyways. And then to be able to invite the breath out and, and like consider that visualization of transfer, transforming it into compassion. Um, and I'm also just working a ton with self-compassion um, for myself uh, that it like, it allows it to link it to those, that heaviness. And then, I don't know, it's like kind of an interesting um, how it plays out in my life day to day beyond just sitting and doing, sitting and doing the practice. It kind of innately just becomes a part of like painfulness also is then connected to compassion. And that seems to be working for me right now. So. I don't know if there's something going on astrologically right now, but I feel like there's so many people that are in the same boat. I mean, I know we just had a new moon, but at the time of this recording, which when this releases, it'll probably be way later anyway. It's <laughs> yeah. not normally not applicable for the podcast, but. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely not an astrological guru by any means, but I have heard that it's a time of like trans, like really letting go of old patterns and it's a time to be able to rewrite. Um, and so I think anytime there's an ending, there's a grieving. Um, but then like the newness is exciting, but then there's kind of like the, you did it that way because that's, it worked for a really long time. And so there's that grieving process involved, but yeah, I can attest. I am definitely in that boat of like, okay, we're going to let go of that. And it is, comes with all of it. That it does. Kenzie, are you on this boat? Are you in a mass letting go? Because it's like all my friends are, I feel like I am. <laughs> is this just us? Yeah. My circle? <laughs> no, I- I could go on for longer than this podcast would allow. So yeah, I agree with you on that. I feel like, does it relate to what we're going to talk about today? Uh, yeah, it definitely will. <laughs> Should I? Okay. Why don't I intro you then? I Because I have a lot yeah. of questions that I want to ask you and they are related to um, your intro. Before we introduce Kenzie, just a reminder that you can come play with Rachel, I, and the community on the first Thursday night of each month for our monthly workshops on authenticity, and the third Thursday of each month for our free monthly community gathering called The Collective. We would love to see you all there. It's so much fun to connect with just the community and be around like-minded people who are also searching for their true north. In other news, we started to work with Whalebird Kombucha. It is a kombucha company out of San Luis Obispo and honestly, one of my absolute favorites. I love buying their stuff. It's just so like tangy and sweet and they have some amazing branding. If you want 10% off your first order, use the code ChanelR. Let's party. Okay, let's jump back in. Welcome to the podcast, Kenzie Weedman who's a 27-year-old finance professional and fitness entrepreneur from Wisconsin, working full-time at Robert W. Baird. I should know how to say that too, because it's local, but did I get it? Yeah. Yeah, you're good. Good. As an experienced advisor recruiter, um, while also being the sole owner and lead instructor of Evolution Cycle Studio, known as Evo in Nina. Kenzie finds intention in everything she does and connects with everyone she meets. She's a lover of fitness, hence opening Evo. Having her own weight loss journey, she knew she wanted to share her talents and her experiences to create an inclusive community for others to be able to move their body in a safe and judgment-free environment. Yes, I'm sure we're going to talk a lot about that when it comes to our parallels (laughs) in the industry. 
Um, and being told that you can't do that has always driven Kenzie to work hard, do more and be more while encouraging others to do the same. But in her free time, which is rare, you'll find her sipping a glass of red wine or whiskey old fashioned, have very Wisconsin of you, <laughs> with her boyfriend of seven years <laughs> and their golden retriever, Archie, enjoying the life she has worked so damn hard for. Welcome to the podcast, Kenzie. Thank okay. you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I have been doing this thing where I read things and if it's a name, I panic. I don't know if it keeps going up. I'm all, ah, what is this word? I feel like I'm having, I don't know. There's like an inner child thing happening of when you're in elementary school and you had to read out loud and like, you know, the teacher would call on you and then you'd be like, oh shit, oh shit. Do I know all the words? Am I going to mess it up? And everyone's going to laugh at me because I don't know how to pronounce that. I've been like having that on the podcast. So I don't know where that came from recently. <laughs> um, like a 30 second quick story about my last name is so actually my last name is Weideman. Um, my dad was a really big rebel growing up. And so when he, I don't know, it was like middle school or high school, he uh, started telling the teachers it was Weideman. So I grew up as Weideman all my life, but my entire family is Weideman. <laughs> so like, we'll always at home, people will go, Oh, is, you know, your cousin, this, uh, so-and-so Weideman, are you related? And I'm like, yeah, they're like, why are you weedman? I'm like, I, my dad, I don't know. So, so it's funny. So you could have gotten it right no matter what you said. I love that. I, I cause that, that those too. were my two guesses. I was like, mm. but my last name everyone either says it's Reisner, but it's spelled Reisner. And so everyone says it Reisner, but that's also because my grandparents flipped the letters around when they came to the United States because they thought people wouldn't be able to say it correctly. But little did they know the German did not translate to English and now everyone says it wrong anyway. So <laughs> similar. Yeah. Yeah, it works. So we, we always kick off um, with the question, what does it look like to be Kenzie today? My day starts at about 4.30 in the morning at the studio, uh, either teaching or working the front desk. Um, I work from home and I have prior to uh, COVID. So you'll find me in my basement for about eight hours straight, uh, cold calling and working for Baird with my, uh, pup Archie right next to me, drinking lots and lots and copious amounts of coffee. Um, and then I end my day back at the studio, uh, and then probably with a really bad TV show, like King of Queens on, uh, the TV to finish my night. Um, so yeah, but lots of friendship conversations and, um, the studio and bear they're just like yin and yang so so yeah I guess that would be my day I want to just get into like how did you decide to start a studio and keep your full-time job because I what <laughs> as someone who ran a studio I'm like I'm sorry I was working like 100 hours a week just at the studio like how do you do it both in short, I will say, so Baird, um, so if, not that anyone needs to be familiar, but for financial services, we're employee owned. Um, and I've been there for six years. Uh, they just take really good care of their employees. And there's a lot of different employees at the company that um, have started their own businesses. So it wasn't rare for me to want to add to my plate. Um, but really the studio, like I said, is like 4.30 to about 8.30. And then I usually am working about 9 to 4.30, 5 o'clock. And then I'm back at the studio at night. So studio is not really open during the day, which is why it works really well. Um, now I'm the 
owner and lead instructor, but I do have a team of nine beside me. So there's, you know, someone helping with social media, there's other instructors, um, front desk, all of that. So I have a really awesome team beside me that helps with the studio uh, every single day. So without them, I would not be able to do both of it. That's for sure. But lots of copious amounts of uh, caffeine, like I said. (laughs) Is this where you thought your life would be at this point? Like, is this what you thought it was going to look like? Not at 27. Um, so through college, I was like sort of, well, even high school, one of the boys, like I love to hang out with the guys. I have all brothers, um, even my boyfriend and his friends, like I'm always involved myself in guys night somehow. Um, we love to talk business, uh, for years. I always said I wanted to open up my own spin studio. Everyone always said that was stupid. Uh, it was one of those things where I'm like, oh, well, it feels like really what I should be doing. Like, that's just what I'm drawn to do. Um, and then it took just like a, I wouldn't say a midlife crisis because I'm not midlife yet, but uh, it was just a couple of years into this role, uh, loving my full-time job, but kind of having that flexibility that I'm like, hell, I'm just going to do it. Like, again, people telling me I can't do it. I'm going to now prove to you that I can. Um, so I always thought and knew I would open my own studio, but I did not think I would do it this early in life. When did it open? January of 2020. That's what I was like. I like did it open right before everything. Wow. What a twist. Yeah. Let's get into that. What was that like? (laughs) Uh, Really hard. Um, I mean, the first couple months anyway. So we're not a franchise. Uh, Everything from the name, um, every single piece of it is uh, brand new that I created or a family friend or everyone that I had beside me helping uh, create everything. But that was probably the hardest part because we were brand new to the area marketing, everything we had to do from scratch. So, um, although it was a cheaper way to go about things, it was a lot uh, more time consuming. Um, but yeah, we are open for two and a half months. We closed about four days after my 26th birthday, quite a birthday present. Um, and then we were closed until end of May. So it was hard. I remember crying, uh, my last class that I taught just like from a, what the hell is going on in the world kind of thing. I'm sure everybody had that exact same feeling. Um, probably still do. Um, but it was hard, but I would tell you if you asked me if I had to do it again, I would do it a hundred times over just because I think it, our studio and me and everyone beside me to who we are today. Um, we've come a lot further in a year than I thought we would have. Yeah. There's a lot that we have talked about on this podcast. I think this podcast has, has grown as a result of everything too. It's like, you know, people being more honest about what's going on in their lives. And, um, you know, there's an invitation for us to open up that space for more vulnerability and what's really here. Um, and yeah, it had, it has been, it's just like all of it. It's like devastating, amazing, revolutionary pivoting like all of it um is existing in one that's I have no other point other than that it's just like it's pretty wild to be living through it yeah I was talking to I don't remember who it was the other day but we were talking about if there's anything I've taken away from this past over a year now is the releasing of the plans was this even on the podcast maybe it was I don't know. but like I've always been such a planner and trying to achieve goals and work towards things and feeling and getting a lot of security from having a 
a plan and being able to see the path. And this entire year, there's really been just what is the next stepping stone. And I have no effing clue what's going to come after that. And even when I think I do, it's like the rug. And I'm sure you feel this way, <laughs> like just getting pulled out from underneath you every single time. I'm like, okay, firm footing, firm footing. Like I got this. And then yet again, it's like, oh, nope, that wasn't the plan, I guess. Okay. <laughs> starting back over. I mean, you're not really starting over because you've learned things, but I don't know. It's, it's definitely um, like a keep your chin up, like feel the feelings and keep your chin up because I guess this isn't the path, but I'm like, I'm getting whiplash over here from all the different directions. I think I'm going in and yeah. Whiplash is a good way to look at it. That's a good way to explain it. Um, Cause even, even like when we reopened for the summer it was going awesome. And then, you know, the state in Wisconsin in August had put the mask mandate. And so like, again, you're like whiplash, like, holy cow, now we're doing this again but now with a face covering doing high intensity cardio. Ooh, that's fun. So it's, um, so yeah, that's a good way to look at it, but you just lower the bar a little bit, the expectations and just, you know, make it through each day is kind of where you're at. That's at least where I'm at. And it is, I mean, the beauty of it is the idea that like the perceived constraints get demolished because either you're going to make yourself miserable living into like the perceived constraints or you're like, okay, well, if this is now the new reality, what do I do with this new reality? And so, I mean, it's weird. It's almost like chicken or egg. Like was, I'm learning how to do that more, how to pivot more. And so more stuff is showing up, like is more stuff showing up because I'm like in the space of being able to pivot or like, am I pivoting more because more stuff is showing up? It's probably both. Um, I just, I feel like I personally, like things are shifting so much about who I am month over month. It's like, I am so not the same person that I was even a week ago. And on some levels, it's like, it's kind of becoming the new norm, which is like, okay, but it's still very jarring. Um, so yeah, I feel validated in hearing both of you experiencing this as well. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like that's a good segue too into the conversation of like identifying your own like weaknesses and strengths and what you value and just having the awareness around it because like we we're talking about when you are in that whiplash state and like, yeah, there's definitely gifts in it, like the gift of learning to trust and every, you know, that for me, that's what it's been just like learning to let go and just be like, all right, well, I'm on this ride. The analogy of floating down the river, but um, I think with that, I have seen my own like strengths and weaknesses and some of like some of my strengths have almost actually gone away, like not gone away, but they've diminished or use them less. And I'm like, even trying to figure out what that looks like to me. So I'd love to get into Kenzie, your, your story and what sparked you wanting to talk about that topic. I would say probably, I mean, the last year obviously has sparked it and like, just kind of touching back on like, not, you know, changing and, and um, Rachel, like you said, finding who you are each month. I, I agree. I would say things I cared about a year ago. I don't, I probably, I'm a whole different person. Um, and so I would say, I think this, the topic of awareness and body positivity, you know, to my journey, which we can definitely you know, get into if, if we're interested, but um, 
obviously it's all going to relate back to the studio just from the standpoint of this last year i've had so many conversations um, you know we opened up an indoor you know cycling studio not wanting to be a franchise but of course bringing in as you guys are probably familiar some of the rhythmic based riding something our area does not have within 80 miles and really like my whole entire vision changed after this year of talking with uh, women and men of all shapes, sizes, things they've gone through and in a positive and a, a really good way. I mean this, I felt more leaned on as like a, um, comfort for people, not even as a spin instructor, but from the fact of, you know, reminding them it's, you know, you're there to move your body, either whether you're with us or you're anywhere else. And, you know, maybe you've gained 30 pounds to the last year, but it was a freaking hard year. So I guess I wanted to bring up the conversation because, you know, I definitely know there'll be people in my life that'll listen to this, that need to hear that. Um, but I also think, especially as you know, women or men, but talking about who we are and being okay with that and being happy about that while still being able to work on ourselves is that I am passionate about. So I guess that's that all came to. I'm like thinking about parallels within my own life of just um, like the, I don't know. It's like the space that we've all been in is one of like having to confront our own. Um, uh, what is the word I'm thinking of? Uh, shortcomings is the word that I'm coming up with, you know, for lack of a better phrase. Um, you know, really butt up against where, where we maybe have, you know, for me, I've been able to distract myself in ways so that I didn't have to face these, these doubts or these feelings of like, whatever. And, um, and it is, it is really cool to see spaces that were maybe going, 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 going so fast that there wouldn't have necessarily been a slowed down time to really get to those nuances of like what's actually underneath the the speed of a ride or the speed of a business or the speed to profitability. And um, I know for myself, I'm very grateful for, um, for the slowed down speed to be able to like better understand those nuances, better sit with um, what's actually underneath the surface of kind of the daily grind that existed. Um, for my whole life. Um, I really, really, really hope that that doesn't go away as things start to speed up because the level of humanity that is starting to surface is giving me a lot of inspiration, um, e even in its devastation. Uh, and I just, I really don't want to see it going back to the robotic nature that, um, and pace that it was at. I just, it is like heartbreaking for me to think about that being something that we would seek to go back to. So it, it's cool to just hear that, um, that playing out in like a bunch of different arenas. I agree. I'll say, and I say this to my team and they know it too. And I've, any member that's ever asked me, I mean, yes, you start a business to make money, right? I mean, that's obviously the point to pay bills, of course. You know, it seemed like the great idea being, you know, we're the only studio in the area. Obviously, it was a niche market that I wanted to get into. But now I literally don't care about that. I mean, my boyfriend would be like, who does all of the books? He'd be like, well, we got to pay the bills. And I'm like, no, I just really want to change lives. Like, I want to influence somebody every single class. It's like, I'm, I, you know, there's people that have told me I'm a little cheesy or, you know, I just came to like get my cardio in and burn a couple hundred calories. Well, that's really cool. But I'm going to ask you to find why you're here 
from a way deeper meaning than that. Um, and then the last year, that's where I've learned my passion is more towards um, just trying to create that positive experience um, for somebody versus the business piece of it. Of course, I've keep, keeping the doors open is important, but um, I'd say the last year has changed my vision of where uh, I want the business to go. And I'm hearing a little bit in that too, the embracing of, um, you know, weaknesses, so to speak, is like a really nice access point in connecting with people. Um, having that space to really go there is, um, you know, from a standpoint of like understanding strengths and opportunities and what we're great at and what we're maybe not so great at. It's like, it's awesome to celebrate the stuff that we're great at. That's awesome. And there's such a vulnerability and being able to be witnessed in the moments uh, or the recognition within ourselves of where there are those points of weakness and to be able to have a space that um, creates those connection points, I think is like so essential as we continue forward. I don't know if that made sense at all, but it made sense to me. <laughs> I was like talking about more than just your highlight reel, like, you know, social media, it's everyone's highlight reel and, um, but being vulnerable and, you know, when, sharing the crap on your social or whatever it is and letting people know um, you're going through hard things too, I think is more relatable um, and will get you further than just the, the positive um, highlight reel, I guess. Yeah, I was going to open up to the group. Someone once said this to me and I haven't really processed it. So we'll just like go here and process it together. But um, they're talking about how sometimes our greatest strength is actually our greatest weakness on the other flip of the coin. And I, in like the little bit that I looked at it, cause this was in context of like me being incredibly confident, which is like laughable. Cause I feel like in the last year, all of that has gone away, even though I'm sure it'll come back. But uh, <laughs> at the time it was like, you know, com your confidence is like one of your greatest strengths and probably one of your like greatest weaknesses or maybe a blind spot would be um, another word. So when you both think about your strengths and weaknesses, do you do you think they're one and the same? Do you think there's overlap in your greatest strength being also your greatest weakness? Do you want me to most. go? <laughs> go, Kenzie. I was going to say most definitely. Um, like you ask, you know, how how do I open a business and work a full time job? and try to have a life at least once in a great while is really a goal. But I would say one of my biggest strengths and it's always been this um, is being able to handle a lot, like being the yes girl, being like, instead of asking for help, just saying, no, I've got it. Cause I would rather just get it done myself than have to explain to somebody else how to do it. But that's very clear. That's a weakness in the sense of being able to ask for help and, you know, getting overwhelmed really easily and um, having very big highs and very big lows, because of course, when you think you can take on the world, there's definitely going to be moments where you can't. So I would definitely say, um, yeah, some of my biggest strengths I would say are also equally weaknesses. Um, depends on the day. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree. It's like two sides of the same coin. And, uh, the first thing that came up when you were talking was the Enneagram and like prior to, <laughs> I think Enneagram really like blew my whole, like, I was like anti anything that would identify, like put me in a box. And then Enneagram was just, uh, I'm a four and it is all about like being special and unique. And, and I was like, oh my God, I'm totally that. I'm totally that. I'm totally that. But on the flip, it's like, if everything 
in your life is to be special and unique, that becomes a, for sure becomes a weakness. And so the way Enneagram kind of plays with that pendulum, um, that's the first thing that came up for me when you were talking is like, I think Enneagram does a really great job of being able to say like exactly what you're saying. It's like, here's this, you know, core thing about you that is really beautiful. And here's how it plays out when it's swung in the other direction. Um, but yeah, I think everything, everything has the coin flip. I was listening to, to be magnetic, their podcast expanded and they were talking about shadow, like shadow work, which I don't know if we've ever really talked about shadow work on the podcast. I think most people are somewhat familiar with the language of just like, what are the things that you don't want to be seen in? What are a lot of people would phrase it as like your demons in your closet, but they were also bringing up the fact that sometimes and many times in shadow work, it can actually be things that are strengths that someone else has labeled as a weakness or that you maybe presented, but it wasn't validated by the outside world or your parents growing up or whatever it may be. And now this thing that actually is really a strength of yours um, is something that you you hide from the world and you don't want to show and you may view it only as a weakness because at some point it basically wasn't validated or wasn't celebrated. Um, and I thought that was really interesting because it I think in many ways it's true. And I feel like I'm kind of swinging back and forth. Like we were just talking about the confidence piece. I have always been super confident in my abilities to like figure shit out. And I'm like, I can get through anything. Like I know how to get the things that I want and need. And all of a sudden after like 2020, not that I'm like still like getting things that I want, but um, I don't know if I've ever felt so much resistance and there's a lot of things potentially to that. Like I'm probably going after things that are bigger potentially, or like I'm being more specific or um, just the general state of 2020. But I thought it was a nice call out around shadow work and just like how um, our strengths are sometimes harder for us to see. Like I hear people talk about, or I can like so clearly see everyone else's strengths. And I hear people even sometimes like talk about my strengths, but it's just like, when you can't tap into it, like, like I appreciate it. And like, I don't know what to do with that. What do you do with it? Right now? I mean, sometimes I just accept the nice external validation that I love and, you know, take a deep breath in, but I don't know, like in the past couple of weeks, I have not that I've been getting like a ton of compliments, but like, you know, I've, I've been noticing as people, um, have said like positive things about me or things that they admire about me. <laughs> and, and I'm in the situation that I'm in, Kenzie, I don't know if you know, but currently like unemployed and just trying to figure out what to do next. Um, <laughs> and so I'm also looking at it very much through that lens of career. It's like, okay, cool. So I am not afraid to ask for what I want, but I'm doing it. And like, I'm not getting the outcome I want. So I'm like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with that? And there, I know there's like a lot of things that we could break down about like outcome and just doing things to do things. But um, I don't know, like right now, I feel like I'm just like, I'm doing, you know, no one can see this, but I'm doing this squinty face, like the squinty emoji face. When someone gives me a compliment, I'm like, thank you. Cause I do appreciate it. And then I'm like squinty face. Cause I'm just like, I don't know. I really don't know what the fuck to do with that right now. Yeah. I'm, uh, I feel like I can relate to that. I definitely think that there's been, um, to your earlier point, 
things about me that were squashed really young that I deemed were not good traits. Um, I am too much. I'm a very too much person. (laughs) And like, that's not a bad thing. And I'm learning that slowly. Um, But what I'm recognizing is that when I can surround myself with the people who do see the benefit in that, it is, even though I might have a squinty face, it's like, I'm getting, it causes me to pause a little bit more, which is really nice. And then I'm hearing it more often. And so then I'm like, okay, well, maybe it isn't, maybe that is a good thing. And maybe it's just some people, it, you know, is not their cup of tea and that doesn't have to mean all the things that I make it mean. Um, yeah. It's funny. My squinty face is like, I'm like building a little like sand castle of people that are like validating, validating, validating. I'm like, well, all these people can't be lying. So like, I guess maybe I can start to believe that it could be a good thing. That's kind of cool, I guess, maybe. <laughs> I was going to say, I, when you say what your emoji is, I don't know why, but I immediately thought I'm the one where like, it's like the really big smile, like the super smiles that big kind of smile versus just like the cute, like, yep, smile. And I like, so when you say, you know, getting compliments, like not that I get them all the time either, but you know, when people say it, it's so funny because I know like this just made me think of it. I'm so prone, you know, someone will say, oh my gosh, you know, you, you're always so on top of things. You're always so this. And in my head, I'm like, yeah, bullshit. No, I'm not. <laughs> and, it's, and I think of like seven other things that I'm not. And it's just, it's just an interesting, I don't know that just came to my, my mind of when I get a compliment, I immediately internally think about like three other things that I actually suck at. And I don't know if that's just me like balancing out my ego. So it doesn't, grow or whatever it could be, but I don't know. That just came, came to mind. I have a practice where I, I did not come up with this. I'm sure I heard it somewhere, but, um, a few years ago, I really started to work on when people would give me a compliment, actually taking a breath in. I always put my hand on my heart and saying, thank you. I, I I hear that. Thank you. Um, and really letting myself internalize that. Um, cause I've spent so many, years internalizing the bullshit stuff. Um, and that's been a really beautiful thing. And I, I've also found that when I do that, um, there is something that the giver gets there so that I'm not just kind of like blowing off. I don't know, like somebody once said to me, like, if you don't accept that compliment, it's like an insult to the giver. Like they went out of their way to recognize that in you. And if you're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Whatever. It's like, what a slap in the face. (laughs) Like, it's like somebody just handed you this, like, beautiful meal and you just like slap the tray out like fuck off you know and I was like yeah okay that's fair I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure that people really get to experience the gratitude that I feel for being seen because it is a big deal I'm gonna use that thank you (laughs) that's good I've been having this experience and Kenzie, I would like to hear your perspective on it in life and also maybe from the studio. I also think right now I'm using the, I don't know, strengths and weaknesses that other people are pointing out to me as like 
grasping for a reason to potentially pivot. I'm like, I don't know. I'm probably just shit at this. I'm probably like, what else should I do? I'm just like, shit. I don't know. So just tell me what, what is this? Like, and I don't know if you've ever felt that way. Um, like at the studio when, whether it be like client feedback or, um, I don't just like, maybe you're in your own head. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes, or I can relate in like a way of when someone tells you you're good at something and then it's like, but you didn't want to be good at that. If that makes any sense. Like, okay. As an example, like the last year, like I've had to handle a lot of, you know, interesting conversations and interesting situations and, you know, had to, again, have just conversations that I never in my life thought I would have to have even with a business. Um, and, you know, people on my team saying, wow, you know, you're really good at handling these things. And I just want to scream back and be like, but I don't want to be like, I don't want to deal with this. Like, I don't, can this be somebody else's problem, but it can't be uh, sometimes. Um, so I guess I can relate in that way of like, um, wanting to like, yeah, you're good at that, but nope, I don't want to do that anymore. Let's move on to something else. Cause I don't want to be good at that anymore. You literally just described my career trajectory right now. As I'm looking for a job, I'm like, I know what I'm good at and what I've historically been good at, but I don't enjoy it. <laughs> so, like, hey, what can I be, I guess, bad at? And maybe someone wants to pay me to get good at it. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I am going to read you something really quick because hold, hold, hold. Can we all just tell that Janelle's been like very in the dark place today about her capabilities? <laughs> Get ready. The idea that you have to intellectually understand something before you're able to change it is a Western construct. Change is often accidental, hesitant, and collective. Often you're only able to identify and heal from a pattern after it has changed. So this is in context to um, Larissa Crawford saying, why I challenge anyone trying to align my value with the number of years in the industry. We need to do things differently. Trying to keep me out or shut me up because I don't have 15 years experience in an industry you deem relevant is a construct counter is, is a colonial and counter construct to the sustainable and innovation. I think I butchered saying that, but I just, when I read it, I was just like, Oh my gosh, this is what we've been talking about, which is like, if we're, if a business is so into innovation, if places are so into like, we need to be at the forefront and all this stuff, then you actually shouldn't be hiring people who have been in the industry that long. I mean, maybe that's like, you know, not everybody should be that way (laughs) because then you're never going to like, you're going to only, you're going to go to the most efficient solution. If you bring in perspectives that are outside of that experience, you're going to bring in a whole new slew of potentiality. So uh, when I read that, I was just like, oh my God, oh my God, I have to tell, I have to share that with Janelle. I love that. Well, and that's how we built Spire in a way. Like, yes, we had people that had past experience. And I think that like, I have such a hard time now in my professional career, wrapping my mind around the other way, because I've lived what it looks like to be a 20, I don't know, how old was I? 23, 24 year old who had no fucking clue what I was doing. And I'm just like, we're going to figure it out and we're going to do all the things. And then going into a more like corporate or traditional career path. And yeah. And then having that, the like 10 years of experience doing something it's like, but I could figure it out. And that is always how I used to think, but now I feel like I've been spending too much time looking at job descriptions and being like, Oh, I guess I can't do that. Oh, I guess I'm not. (laughs) Are you still applying to those jobs? Um, Or are you taking yourself out? 
Not really anymore, but I was. Because okay. I'm like, I wonder if that's, I mean, I've been out of the corporate world since I was, caught when I moved to Milwaukee? 33? I mean, so not that long. But I'm like, has it changed? Because I don't, like, I never, I never had the experience that was needed in any of the jobs that I had. <laughs> I don't, so I don't know if I was just like really good at like spinning a story <laughs> or I mean, I would usually do network-based, which you do. I don't know. I guess what I'm, it's coming up for me is like, fuck it, just apply anyways, because every single place I ever applied to, it was, I didn't have enough experience and I just didn't care. Yeah. And so I don't know. I will say, because historically I used to do that. And as someone who I think I've applied for 150 jobs, people like 150, um, but because it's such a competitive market right now, like people just aren't even interested in entertaining you. And so like, I think that has also made the difference of like, they're like, literally, please actually show me how every single bullet point on this job description matches what you have. Because if it doesn't, we have 30 other people that are willing to take a pay cut to do this job. And I'm like, mm, I don't want to take a pay cut. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like missing a couple bullet points, but I'm super smart. Like, <laughs> Yeah, that's what I was asking. I was like, I feel like I've seen a lot of memes out there too that emulate exactly what you're saying. And I've been just so out of them. I like carve out my own shit and I've been taking, I've been like not going for the traditional stuff for long enough now that I think I'm just a bit removed from the realities that exist. So um yeah, that sucks. I don't know. I'm just like, people, let's just like take a chance on people and like give them a shot. And if they're hungry and eager and if they suck, then give them a good severance and a pat on the back and send them on their way or like and train them. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Or even like, I mean, again, I know, you know, you got to be profitable and stuff, but it's like, this is a time where there are resources available and people that are hungry to do stuff. Like, why wouldn't you consider like, innovative think tank are or like aspects of like, even if it was like, shit, wouldn't you take like a contract role for a short-term thing to just like do like a, like, I'm going to do some random project with this company that I care about and I'm passionate about it. And it's not a long-term thing, but I'll take this. Like there's so many ways that companies could be tapping into the resources that exist. That is, it doesn't have to be like, oh, we've got to hire this, that, like utilize all this passion and this energy. People don't know what to, where to put their creativity right now. Like, how can you create models within your organization that can actually allow you to innovate? And like, maybe it goes somewhere, maybe it doesn't, maybe it goes somewhere and then you whole, create a whole new business arm. Like, sorry, I just got real passionate all of a sudden about this. So companies who are listening, do this and I hire all my friends who are fucking genius, amazing, creative people. And like, do you, like it's a missed opportunity, 100%. I agree. I was going to say, so before my role that I'm in now at Baird, I was in uh, recruiting for just general, you know, um, HR. Uh, and so, you know, I, so I was on the other end where, you know, you have a job description, we would post it and then you would get people that match like one bullet, <laughs> you know, and we're like, why did you apply to this job? So like, I can relate on the other end of that. Um, but I also like in my own experiences. And so like, I know if you've applied for 150 jobs, make it 151, just keep going. Obviously that would be my little motivational positivity moment. Um, but I, I think of that when I think about like, and 
Baird, any of my peeps from there will listen to this knowing like a job description, at least at Baird. So maybe something there fits is like, if you hit all the bullets, like, wow, you are a needle in the haystack, but like, we really only, we need 50% of that. And so like, hopefully at some point, so keep applying for the jobs. You don't hit all the bullets. Cause you just need that one company that's waiting for you. That is, you hit a couple of those bullets. They didn't need all the other ones anyways. They just wanted a few. Um, so in my HR experience, that was always a tactic of ours, but I, sorry, if people are wanting all of the bullets, that's just shit. I've heard both. Like I've talked to recruiters that were just like, not even from a hiring process, but from a, let me pick your brain. And they're like, well, it sounds like you want to come work for this company so that we can teach you things. And I'm like, well, that, yeah. Like if I, <laughs> yeah, like, otherwise I'm be fucking bored in like two days. <laughs> like, yeah. I would like to be able to learn. I'm just like, what is happening right now? <laughs> like, is this so bad that I, uh... <laughs> I know it's not, but yeah. So, I mean, it's good to hear that some companies are taking um, that approach. And I don't, I'm sure there could be other things too. At this point, I'm almost just like, Hey, I wonder if, um, I'm just not supposed to go back into this, <laughs> this structure, but that's also sad to me sometimes too, because when we're going back to like strengths and weaknesses, I do think there's a level of disruption that I have had historically in the corporate world that can be innovative and can be um, forward moving if people are interested in tapping into it. And like, again, going back to strengths and weaknesses, I don't know if it's like always celebrated. So in some ways it has gone from me being like, this is a strength to, um, in some ways feeling like it is a weakness. Cause all of a sudden I don't fit into what maybe just under, maybe it's just in my perception, but my perception of what I think people at this type of corporation want me to. Well, or it's like, there's a lot of talk and not a lot of walk. So, oh, so much talk. <laughs> there's oh, a so lot much of talk. Oh. We want you to be these things, but don't actually, once you get here, simmer, simmer down. Like, <laughs> okay. Well, that's very true. Uh, yeah. It is. Um, I'm very much playing with the corporate world and like relationship. Well, not even just the corporate, but like career in general. And how like dating and career, we always say they basically go hand in hand and it's like people say they want things, but then when like, you experience it, they're just like exactly what you're just saying. They're like, actually, no, I don't want you to be that. And you're like, but wait, that's why I signed up for this. <laughs> you told me this was a good fit. Like, and obviously people are allowed to change their mind too, like in whether it be dating or career, but um, yes, Rachel, what you're saying, I have experienced before and it is very disheartening when you're like oh I thought I was being accepted and now I'm being punished yeah <laughs> cool I've, I've experienced that too okay I was just this is like a very weird segue but I can't it's not going away so I'm just gonna say it when we were talking about owning the strengths that people are naming within us I've been fine <laughs> I don't know why I can't believe I'm gonna share this um, I've been finding that if I haven't looked at myself in a mirror in a long time, I become very disconnected from my ability to see how awesome I am. And so when I start to doubt myself lately, what I've been doing is I go straight to a mirror and I look at myself and I get regrounded and like, oh yeah, I know you. Oh yeah, you're this, you're that. So I'm just offering it up. <laughs> I don't know if it'll help you, but like, 
if I'm, I've, I'm finding actually seeing my own reflection and then recognizing who is like, cause I don't see myself when I'm in myself. And so I sometimes forget like the picture that I have in my mind of who I am is like distorted. And then I look in the mirror and then I'm like, oh yeah, you're, that's, you're who I fucking am. Like, okay, we're back. Like, so <laughs> take that or leave that. No, I feel like, and that's going to be probably a really relevant segue, Kenzie, to your story, because that has been my experience around body image too. Like whenever I get in like a bad headspace about my body and it's like, oh, I'm just like not feeling good. Or maybe like I ate a lot and I'm bloated or whatever. And I'll start to like get old stories that might start to percolate a little bit in my brain. And then I can look in the mirror and be like, oh, damn girl, you actually hot. Like, (laughs) and just like remembering that, you know, like, oh, actually, no, that's not those things that are going on in my brain are not actually the reality. And like seeing myself in the mirror is the reminder of like, no, you have a strong, healthy body that you can be proud of. So we always talk about the physical body being the gateway to so many other areas of wellness. So maybe I just need to like look myself in the eyeballs and dude, it's something crazy. Cause like, I like the distorted, it is really wild to me when I sit in the space of self-doubt and shame, the vision of what I look like in my head is so it is different. And like, when I then look in the mirror, I'm like, it is crazy. And I don't know if like in my twenties or when I was younger, I don't think I had that sort of like connection to myself. So when I looked in the mirror, I wasn't necessarily like connecting to that soul aspect of myself. And, and, and so I don't know where I'm going with this, but it, it hasn't always been the case for me. Like I haven't always been able to look in the mirror and be grounded in like, Oh yeah, that's who I am. Um, I don't know. I, it's like, I can see into my eyes now and it is very powerful and I'm very grateful for it. So, yeah. I just jump in. I, I, this is a weird thing I'd say. And anyone that listens or even you guys might be like, Ooh, but like, I can relate in a sense of like, I will see a photo of myself and I'll be like, that's me. Like, that's what I look like. And so, like you said, like going into a mirror and, and looking at yourself and reminding who you are like body or whatever. It's like, sometimes I feel like, you know, we look in a mirror to brush our teeth, pluck our eyebrow, like do all that stuff. But like, do we ever look at ourselves feel like that is who you, that is Kenzie. Um, and there's so many times I've never had my photo taken as much as I have since the studio for like marketing and all this other stuff. And like, I've gotten photos and I'm, you know, you pick it apart right away. Cause that's just, I don't know. That's what I do. And then I'm like, wait a minute, but that's me. And so it's like accepting that, but like being happy about it. And then on a super random topic, because I got goosebumps when you just said that was I tried on a pair of, this is really weird, but I tried on a pair of jeans this weekend, um, which is not my favorite thing to do is buy jeans, but I tried on a pair of jeans and like, it's like in your head, you think you're going to look a certain way in those jeans. Like you're going to walk out and you're like, yep, you know what you're going to look like. And then you stand in the mirror. And I was like, immediately like, fuck, that's not what I thought I was going to look like in these. And like, you get mad. And I looked at my girlfriend and I said, isn't it annoying that we think we're going to look a certain way. And then like, we just aren't happy with the way that we are meant to look like in these jeans. And she looks at me and she's like, what? (laughs) And I'm like, no, like I'm, I thought I was going to look a certain way, but I look this way, but I'm mad about it. But why can't I just be happy with the way that I look in these jeans? And I was having a very internal battle, which is probably where then this topic came up in my brain is always obviously on my head anyways, but I bought the jeans 
just in case you're wondering. So you, so you were okay with how you looked in them or you accepted the way you looked in them? I accepted. And that is what I now, when I look at myself in those jeans, I'm like, that is what you look like in these jeans and you look fabulous, like versus what you thought, if that makes any sense. I, you know, it's a daily battle. Uh, no, it makes so much sense. I do that with like everything in my life. Like I thought me in this scenario is going to look like this but it doesn't. So I'm mad about it. Or like, I thought me in this relationship is going to look like this, but it doesn't. Now I'm mad about it. Or I thought me in this job was going to look like this and it doesn't. And yes, <laughs> or the jeans, <laughs> actually everything in my life. I'm like a, another tan, like in another way of looking at it. And I don't totally know how this is going to connect, but when I was sick, there are very few pictures of it. But um, there is a few. Uh, so I had cancer when I was 14 and 15. And when I look at those photos, I was like 80 pounds. I was a freshman in high school. And when I look at those photos, it's like me, but I can't like, there's like a disconnect to, cause I don't remember seeing my reflection in the mirror, whether I like, you know, blacked it out or whatever. Um, and so it's like, it feels like when I look at those photos, I share, I don't know if I've shared this on the podcast before, but it's like, if somebody had like a filter, a cancer filter of like, what would you look like if you had cancer? Like, that's what it looks like to me. Like, I'm like, it's not really me. That's just like me with the cancer filter. But then I'm like, no, Chica, you like actually had cancer. Like that's, that is you. And so it's like, it's similar, but different. Um, I'm kind of reconciling that um, right now in my life of like, I'm back at home. So there's like all these family photos, um, everywhere and yearbooks and like albums. And my mom was a photographer. So she like has tons of photos. Um, and it is, it's like weird to, to look at these pivotal moments in my life and to be like, what is it not? Like, I, I cannot compute. (laughs) Like It's very strange. So again, don't really know where I'm going with that, except the disconnect between like perception and reality or how easy it is to disconnect from our own like story and journey and the things that we maybe didn't didn't turn out the way that we we wanted them to or like how we thought we were gonna look in the jeans or how we thought that part of our life was gonna go this is an interesting analogy (laughs) those are that was supposed to be gears turning in my head but that actually sounded like a car sputtering (laughs) (laughs) well but I mean in any of it it's like it does actually make sense because there are so many access points to our own self-awareness and like in any given moment you know I have information from my thoughts I have information from my emotions I have information from my body I have information from my intuition like I could keep going and each of those things are can be an aspect of the experience that you had, you know, a desire, like a desire for what you want it to feel like. And like, and so it does actually make sense that in any given moment, there's like all these different slices of awareness to kind of take into consideration. And if we're unaware of all those access points, you know, we do have a very narrow view, but when we can allow all of it, um, that bigger picture um, gives us a lot more information um, to, to consider a much more holistic view of 
of who we are. So like maybe on one hand, you can be like, my expectation was this, but like the actual reality was this and my emotion was here. And like all of those things combined give me a lot more to work with than the narrow focus, which in, which can kind of be really tenuous. And like, I don't know, for me, if I get any too narrowed into any one thing, it can become very black and white thinking. Um, so, so I guess to bring it back, it's like, for me in my specific experience, being able to have all these different aspects of that time in my life is actually quite helpful, even though it can be jarring at first. It's like, it gives me more dimensionality to play with. Segue off of that a little bit back to just kind of like the body positivity piece. And, um, but from the, like, I'm going to slaughter probably the way how to say this, but so my, my journey. And so like why opening a spin studio and and um, all of that, it was, uh, and a lot of people don't know this. So anyone that listens to this, this will be like the first time they've ever heard it. Not that it's that big of breaking news, but it's something that I've only shared with, especially during the last year, people that were, you know, vulnerable, to, vulnerable to me, um, you know, about their past year and their journey uh, when it comes to health, fitness, or even just a positive mindset or, you know, being happy with who they are. Um, but I was like, a, I mean, I was, a, I was a heavier child growing up. I was um, you know, the largest size in all the sports uniforms in high school. And I was, um, I was overweight. And it was like, I remember, you know, going to the doctor for your physical every year and, you know, weighing yourself and be like, that's not what I weigh. Like, it's just not because I didn't. And thankfully, like, I didn't see myself that way. Um, and a lot of people didn't. And it's like, kind of like you said, looking back at photos. Um, so eight years ago, about eight, six, eight years ago, something like that time frame. but I had lost 70 pounds. And like, that was a really big deal. Cause it was through my senior year of high school and freshman year of college, which is not usually when people are losing weight. So, um, it was interesting, but it was all through just healthy eating. And I loved to exercise. It was just, there was no secret magic pill or anything. It was just that dedication, but it's like looking back, it's like the same way I look back and I see some of those photos, like family photos, my senior pictures that are on my parents' wall. And I walk in and I'm like, Oh, that was me. Oh yeah. That was, and I always like, in a non-mean way. I'm just like, oh, that was Chevy Ken's. Like, that's just, you know, I, I, it's just who I was, but then it's also kind of embracing that and, re, you know, remembering who you are today. You had to be that to be who you are today. Um, I guess is kind of my point on that. Um, but kind of also touching on like who we wish, not who we wish, but who I think I look like, you know, it's like I had lost 70 pounds and then I've probably gained 20 of that back since then. But like, this is me like this, sure. Would I've loved to be still at that, you know, 20 pounds lighter and smaller jean sizes and probably looking the way I thought I looked, whatever, but I really like Culver's ice cream. And like, I love the food and I like exercise and I found my body and my balance and my positive mindset. Um, so I guess if that makes any sense, I'm relating it more so back to like, it's so it's good. We went through all the experiences, even like the last year to be able to be who we are today to reflect back on those experiences. Well, and also just the idea that like, no matter what you actually look like or whatever, like there's a million different viewpoints, like to one person, you might be overweight to another person, you might be too skinny to another person, you might be just right to another person, you might be whatever. Um, But at the end of the day, like what I'm hearing you say is that at that time, you felt good in your, in what you were doing. And so like, kind of who cares. And like, and at a certain point you decided that 
you know, there was a mismatch somewhere and we can always change our minds and decide what feels right for us. Um, but what ultimately matters is like our, our own perception of ourselves and like, you know, how are we in a place of like self-deprecating? I, 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 am I in a place of self-deprecating or am I in a place of, you know, compassion and self-love? Cause I can certainly tell you like at different weights, like when I was at my best weight, I did. And I think Janelle, you've talked about this too. Like when I've been at my like optimal, I haven't always felt that great about myself. I didn't really like who I was. And, and now that I'm, you know, whatever, I actually don't really think that much about my body. Um, and it's more, there's like other aspects of myself that I over identify with that I'm working to, to sit with and be okay with and, and to allow them to exist, um, from like a mental health standpoint, like I can, I can have these traits that I would have deemed shameful or embarrassing, and I can still really love myself, um, with that. Um, and so I, I don't know if I like fully close that thought, but, um, yeah, it, it feels like where am I at? What's my own perception of self in this? And there isn't like a specific set of criteria that actually aligns to feeling good about yourself. You can actually feel good about yourself no matter what exists, but that takes a practice and that takes vulnerability and that takes being willing to look at what's there. And um, yeah. I agree. There's another podcast that I won't shamelessly plug, but that I listen to and it's about body positivity. And one of the things in there, um, and I think I've mentioned, but I literally wrote it down in my planner that I look at every day and it is, it's, it's loving yourself and being happy with who you are and where you're at right now, but also not being, you know, shameful in wanting to improve yourself along the way as well. So it's like loving who I am in those genes, no matter what, but it's okay if maybe I still want to, you know, do some push-ups tonight and have a little more tone. Like it's okay to, um, like, it's not a destination, which I think, you know, just to relate it back to, you know, health and, and fitness and I guess fitness more. So it's not a destination, it's the journey and it's like enjoying it. And it's, and it's being okay with, um, yeah, who you are today, but also still wanting to work on improvements. I think you can take that in every part of life, not even just health and fitness, um, professional education, um, who we are as humans. Totally. I'll add, um, as someone who's clearly in this headspace today, <laughs> like a couple of weeks ago, I feel like I was still where I am today. Like things really haven't changed that much other than time. Um, and I was like, I'm so happy and I'm living my ideal life, except for I just don't have a way to pay for it. But I was like, I was super fucking happy. And it is always, um, interesting and like a part of the journey, how in three weeks I've gone from like, it's okay. Like I love what I'm doing. I love my day to day to just like feeling like absolute shit about myself. So I like, I call that as yes. And like, that is also part of the journey sometimes too and the experience and like yes we are in choice and yes I am actively doing work around like why I'm feeling this way and like how to process it and how to move forward but um I I know for me when I hear those words if I'm connecting with them I'm like yes and when I'm in a headspace like this I'm like but I'm also not there right now. <laughs> and like, that's okay too, right? I'm just telling myself that that's okay too, Janelle. Let's start, like we start at the beginning, compassion, pain and compassion. It's a hundred percent okay. 
It has to be because that's like the cyclical nature of life. And like, that's why the cliche of like this too shall pass exists. And um, it doesn't necessarily, I don't know. I, I, I was recently diagnosed with PTSD and the process of like acknowledging what that experience is like and what that means. It's like, I live this whole life with these things that would show up that I didn't really have a name for it. And now I do. And so I'm able to like name what's happening and like, okay, I'm being flooded with emotions right now. And in those moments, it is devastating and painful and it feels like there's not going to be a way out. Um, but then you get through it and then you're like, okay, okay, I can do this. I can do this. I got, I just got through that, you know, experience. And then it's like, okay, that is going to happen again. Um, and when I get there, it's like being present enough to recognize that when it happens again, it's going to still hurt because it does. I feel it coming. And then I'm like, fuck, I don't want to, I don't want, no, 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 no. Like I don't want to yet. Um, but then it's like, I can't avoid it unless I want to disassociate, which I don't. And so I choose to sit in it and then I get to experience again that I know how to get through that. And it's, it is different, but the same of like, I guess, riding those waves. Um, and, and having like that, that sense of who I am through it uh, is helpful. It doesn't make it easier, but it is helpful. And, um, and, and the more I talk about it, the more other people kind of mirror back to me, um, the, the normalization of it, you know, they might not have, you know, clinically diagnosed PTSD, but we're all figuring out how to ride, ride those cycles. And it's all uncomfortable when we're not in the place of like, you know, it feeling how we want it to feel and that's okay. Or it will be okay. Yeah. I, I do appreciate that just because it is, it's all, it's all a part of the journey. And, um, we've talked about this a little with living with your parents and, um, the non-linearness of the journey that we're on. But I think sometimes for me, it's like things that I thought I was over. And it kind of goes back to like, when we're talking about strengths and weaknesses, like the confidence, being the strength of the weakness, they'll be this like, all right, I processed this. I did it. I got through it. It's all good. And then all of a sudden it just like comes right back. And you're just like, what the fuck? I already worked on this. Like, why is it not done? Like, I'm pretty sure I solved this problem already. Like, why is this still here? The infinity loop, baby. Uh-huh. And sometimes it's not even like you that brings it back up. It's like someone else somehow says something or does something that brings it back up. And you're like, no, no, no. I don't want to talk about that anymore. We, I've already, like you said, I've already solved that. I've been through that. I don't want to dive into that with you because I've made it through that. So let's new topic selfishly I've been there but yeah there's an analogy that I've been playing with with my friends who are uh, older um it's this idea of a track and like there's a ton of like things that I feel like I should write it down because I think it's genius tooting my own horn but if life is a track 
and we're all on the track. And like each of us is just at a different, you know, like I might be taking a water break. You might be training for your marathon. Maybe somebody's doing the backwards runs. Somebody's icing their shin splints. Some people are smoking pot under the bleachers. Like we all are kind of like doing our different things on the track. And there's no right or right or wrong way. Like we're all just like there. Um, and well, there's an analogy that I have around like meeting people, which is not related to this conversation. So I'll table that and we could talk about that later. But the, the idea of like, when we first get on the track and we realize like, here's the track, oh, you run on the track. And then you like the first lap around when you get that runner's high, you're like, fuck yeah. Like, I know. Okay. I get this. Like, okay, this is what you do. You do a little warm up. you run around the track, you get the whatever. And I get the high, like, I know exactly what I'm doing. And then the people who have like been on the track for a while are like, this is going to be fun. And then <laughs> it's like, cause they don't realize that they're going to have to run this for the rest of their lives. And it's different when you have to run on the track your whole life versus just the first time around. And so it's like, I don't know. I just, I've found that analogy comforting as somebody who I hang around with people that are younger than me a lot. And sometimes I'm like, I, that high that you get from like getting language around things for the first time or like, oh my God, I'm so I've solved this. Oh my gosh. I'm, I got to tell everybody about this. Like I got it. I figured it out. I found the fucking golden egg. And it's like, yes. And like, <laughs> it just, it's a different, the more times you go around, there's different, you start to notice, you know, the rip on mile six. I, that is not a track analogy, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like you just start to, like, it becomes a different, you know, a different um, approach to the track when it's not the first time around. And um, so anyways, I just like offer that up because I have been playing with it a lot lately. It's funny because I am always hung out with um, people that are older than me. And so like a lot of my friends, I mean, my boyfriend's two years older than me, but you know, a lot of my friends are older than me. Um, maybe like one is younger than me or maybe the same age, but I have a lot of, you know, a couple best friends that are older than me, but the, very much I can relate to that. But like being the person doing the first lap, because, you know, like I was so excited to get a, to be super simple about it, but I was so excited to get a dog. Like I wanted a dog and I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to walk this dog every day. We're going to get up early. I'm going to go for runs with this dog. This dog is going to be awesome. It's going to be amazing. I'm not going to tell you his name because it's that fabulous that you don't get to know until I reveal it. We did not have a reveal party, but like, and everyone, you know, and my friends are like, okay, sure you will. Uh-huh. And like, there was a lot of that. No, you won't. No, you won't. At the time I'm like, I don't need that negative attitude. Like, yes, I will. Again, someone telling me I can't, I'm going to show you I can. And now it's like, I'm like, holy shit. I thought I was going to walk the dog every day. I don't even have time to eat breakfast. So my eggs every day, like it, it's just, I can, so a simple concept about a dog but I can relate because I have a lot of friends and it, and then I have a lot of friends right now that are getting married and having children and all of that fun stuff and and I'm not having children and my boyfriend are not getting married right now and that's just because we have a business to run that's the priority but um but I know I'll be in that same boat again I'm sure like someday and they'll be like yeah and I'll be like oh okay just just different um well, and that's, that's a good so, analogy yeah well and it's and I too I have friends that are like 10, 15, 20 years older than me as well. And like, I think it just, and we've kind of talked about this on the podcast, but like 
the, the gift of having friends of different ages and like the unfortunate thing in this country where we really kind of dismiss people at a certain age as like, you know, irrelevant is like so bogus um, because I, I, I love that I get to like, I don't know. It's like, even sometimes I feel like I'm getting to like re-empathize with a version of myself when I hang out. Cause I work at Lululemon. And so I will hang out with people who are like 22 and, and I get to like see them and like reappreciate that time in my life. And like, that's such a gift. And, and then again, to like, when I start to get ahead of myself, it's like having the people that are um, ahead of me to be able to be like, kind of um, ground me a little bit. And uh, it's just like a really cool space to play in, to have friends of all sorts of different um, ages and, you know, diversities too, but specific to this conversation age. I agree. I, there's always like men, many levels and layers, right, to the the unfolding of your life. But I feel like last year was a very pivotal one for me and in this conversation. It was, it was definitely that. It was like the first time around the track and like this space and a lot of the things that I started to look at last year and to have the awareness around, um, those are literally the things that I'm wrestling with right now. And it's, it is the trying not to get um, too like down on yourself for wrestling with the same thing, even though it is the infinity loop or it's a different level or you know more now than you did before. Like I'm doing it just a it's a bit different or I'm taking small actions throughout my day to do it differently but it's like fuck I don't want to be here again <laughs> yeah I mean don't get me wrong it's doesn't it's not like oh we just get to do this that's great it's like fuck me I thought I, I thought the fifth time around I was gonna have this figured out like you're still telling me there's more times I got okay great it's Super. so it is so the fucking track because I also don't like running on the track and that's exactly how I feel on the track like when you're running I don't know mile which is what only like four times around but the third time I'm like all right I fucking quit this is annoying like this is the same track like I want to see something new you need to go under the bleachers and make out with someone and smoke pot I was gonna say I actually <laughs> when you said the smoke pot I was like that's where I'm fucking at right now I'm gonna get off this fucking track I'm going to go smoke pot under the bleachers and say, fuck it. Like that is, that is my track time right now. <laughs> and literally you can do whatever you want with the track. You can make up a new game. You could run the track backwards. I want to crowd block on the track. For sure. Like have at it. You got a I'm whole crawl. bunch of more laps to go. You might as well try the crowd block. I'm real fucking good at crowd blocking. I have started to pivot. So maybe I am actually crowd blocking right now. <laughs> But it's like a little weird. People are still staring at me. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know what's happening. Actually, you know what I might be doing? This is like not whatever. I'm just gonna go there. I've recently started a longboard and I did it because I thought it'd be fun and it does allow me to drop into my body, which has been really cool. But the other day, like part of the longboarding process for me has been like, let's do it places where people can't see me because I don't want to look like a fucking idiot adult on a longboard who can't do it. Um, but on Saturday I was like, no, Janelle, you're going to ride your longboard on the busiest bike path in front of all the people on a Saturday. And you are going to stand out there and you're going to be a beginner and you're going to let everyone see you 
be a beginner and just accept that you are out here. And I, even like one of my friends that's funny, she's like, you should have hit me up. And I was like, no, I needed to do this by myself because inviting you would have been just like a little extra comfort to be less vulnerable in the situation. So I went out there on my longboard and just tooted along and just, you know, waved to people kind of, unless I was on the longboard because I can't wave because I would have fallen. <laughs> she's like, I'm just going to be out here longboarding like a newbie at 30 years old and practice being okay with that. So maybe that's my, my lap around the track right now. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So Kenzie, mm-hmm. <laughs> on that note, well, I'll personally ask, are there any final thoughts? Like, I don't want to just like end the conversation on my story, but any, anything left here? We feel complete. Cool. No. All right. Yeah. Kenzie, how do you live your true North in one word? In one word, I would say pivot. I like that one. And if people want to get a hold of you, if they want to reach out to you, ask you questions, if they want to come to your studio and they're in Wisconsin, how can they do all the things? Uh, Yeah, that would be awesome. Um, On all social medias, it's Evo Cycle Studio. So E-V-O Cycle Studio. Um, otherwise my super unique Instagram and Facebook is just my name, Kenzie Weedman. So <laughs> it's literally a compilation of my boyfriend and my dog. Um, so my personal, and then obviously not the studio. We don't talk about Matt and my dog, but, <laughs> but you could, you could, <laughs> that's awesome. Well, thank we you. We do have our most favorited photo. Sorry. As I say, my most favorite photo is, um, our dog at the studio, but that's two great things in one photo but anyway everyone loves a good dog pick dog not dick for all those dudes in the apps out there right now people don't like dick pics i do do you like dick pics i mean (laughs) not like dick pics (laughs) depends on who's sending it if it was requested what a way to end you're like the third person (laughs) in the last week who's been like dick pics are the worst and then I'm like they are unsolicited who unsolicitedly <laughs> sends you dick pics people off the internet where on dating apps potentially if you go off the app because on the app they can't send you photos but oh so people you've met on the apps then just send you a dick pic randomly or there was once this profile that I saw and all of his pictures were they were not dick pics but I don't know what's going on dicks well, it's just like, it looked like he just shoved like a bunch of socks in his sweatpants. It was like, it made no sense, but all the pictures were that. Um, that okay. Was- so I must, <laughs> I am so disconnected from this world. Like we have okay, opened so up Pandora's pics, box. Dick pics are, are unsolicited dick pics when people say that. Yes. Generally not like you're sexy. I, I mean, that technically could be a dick pic, but I don't think that's normally what people are talking about. This makes about a lot more sense. Yeah. This makes a whole lot more yeah, sense. People are like, someone's on Instagram and they send you a picture of their like wiener and they're like, I what? think you're hot. That happens <laughs> to you? That has not happened to me on Instagram. No. Okay. I was but just I like, pe- wow. no, but I know people that have had that happen to them on Instagram. Wow. Gosh. But if people send me a picture yeah. on Instagram, I also don't look at it so maybe someone has if it comes from an account I don't know because they'll blur oh it out gosh. for your protection I, I wouldn't call myself a naive person I just <laughs> have been disconnected from this world I think <laughs> so 
Kenzie, thank you so much. <laughs> On that note. <laughs> How did I even accidentally bring up dick pics? I don't know, but. Dog, dog pics. Oh, dog, dog pics and dick pics. Yes, thank you, Archie. I'm for it. <laughs> Oh yeah, my gosh. Well, we appreciate you so much. Thanks for coming. Yeah, thank on. you very much. This was this awesome. is great. Yeah, it's great. This has been another episode of the True North Collective podcast. For more from Rachel and I, check us out on the gram at the True North Collective underscore. And make sure you're signed up for our mailing list. You can do that at thetruenorthcollective.org to stay up to date on all of our resources, tools, and upcoming events. We appreciate you being here with us. We'll see you next time.